0: Hello Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. On today's episode, we're continuing our conversation on Ravencoin. We're talking with Jake, Daniel, Shakmundes, Kent, Tron, and Mike. Uh, today's topic, we're mainly talking about Ravencoin Mobile Wallet and what's to come in the future for that, so stay tuned for that. We briefly touch on Jack's wallet and overall blockchain technologies. So with that said, make sure you uh, check us out in the Discord, the C3 Discord, or the Ravencoin Discord, which is very active. Check that out. And make sure you give it a thumbs up, a like, subscribe, and we'll catch you all on the next one. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hey, cryptonauts, this is Jake Jabarelli of Jabarelli.com, just a bunch of referral links. Welcome to the latest episode of Cryptocurrency Chat with Blockchain John. This week we'll be talking about Ravencoin wallet technology, and if you ever use the Ravencoin wallet, maybe you know something about it. Today on the podcast we have Daniel, whose last name I don't recall, but we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, We have Kent Bull, who's also a developer. Tron is here listening in. The uh, co-founder of Ravencoin, and then of course Blockchain John, and myself, and oh, I can't forget Mike. So um, I like uh, Daniel. Could if you could please introduce yourself and give us your last name? I apologize for not knowing that before, um, and then we'll introduce the rest of the people.
2: Yeah, pleasure to be on your podcast, and my name is Daniel Shahmundis.
1: Yes, I remember that now.
2: You, know,
1: you might <laughs> want problem. to
2: ask how to spell that, but it's a long, long one.
1: And you're, uh, you are into Ravencoin and developing. Uh, I believe that you're, you were a developer for the Jax Liberty wallet, correct?
2: Yeah, I was a senior backend developer for Decentral, which makes Jax Liberty.
1: And what are you doing now?
2: Currently, I'm a CTO at a 100-year-old plus company in Niagara Falls, uh, which is the area I grew up in most of my life, um, and I, I do some things on this side.
1: Alrighty. Um so uh, Kent Bull is also here, and he is also, I'm, I'm sorry, Kent, I don't remember you saying explicitly what you worked on, but you know, I know you're working on Ravencoin now. Um, your background in wallet development is on.
3: So I've worked with two projects. There's the Bitsy project, which was a Bitcoin wallet and multi sig Bitcoin wallet integrated with an exchange, which has now been rebranded as T0 wallet. And I worked for a time on the the DCash, which is the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank's digital wallet. I, I did more of the back end, I didn't do the front end, I did the back end for that wallet.
1: Okay. Um, so. I know that Blockchain John had commented about this before, as I said in the pre show, uh, that he's used the Ravencoin wallet and was somewhat disappointed in its performance. Fortunately, Shran, he's also here and he has talked about what has happened in the past. Um, John, maybe you could hit on that uh, as to your struggles.
0: Uh, so, it, it, so, my experience using the mobile wallet is just uh, the, the frustration of just taking a whole entire day to download the 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 wallet itself it's like okay i use my phone it's my daily driver and on top of that i gotta i gotta download this this Ravencoin uh wallet it's taken an entire day that means how many hours can i have my phone open per day without using it just just so i can dedicate it just to downloading the Ravencoin wallet so that's the frustration that i have second one is i've had um issues where i've had this weird um i guess numbers show up where if I'm sending a certain token, like for example, my asset, I sent my asset in the past, say for example, I forgot exactly how much it was, say it was a hundred, but ended up showing on the other end a thousand and that's not true. And and the blockchain shows a hundred, but it's weird how that wallet ended up uh, becoming very gimmicky from my experience. So hopefully that can be fixed soon. So as of right now, I have entirely dropped the wallet. And stick with my QT. I love the QT. The QT is very easy to use. Um, once again, I don't keep my my laptop on twenty four seven to keep my wallet synced. But when I do have it on, I make sure my wallet is synced for the time being. But I hope that in the future there's um, there's some improvement on the the mobile wallet itself.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm sorry you've had those problems with the mobile wallet. I think that's have I mentioned before it, it doesn't. It's not going to be an instantaneous update uh, when it comes to syncing the chain again but uh you know over time your phones hopefully will figure out how to fix that problem i don't you're not trying to say that the wallet itself the qt wallet was when you're having problems with it but just no
0: absolutely wallet. not right. absolutely not no my experience with qt wallet is is very good that's one of the things why i stuck with with ravencoin because of the qt wallet and because it's so easy to use so for the cryptonauts out there listening the wallet is so easy to use to create assets it's so unbelievable people asked me um how how challenging it was to create assets, and they think that they have to be a hardcore developer. They have to know how to code. i go, No, it's not that difficult. As long as you have, uh, as long as you have some Raven Coin, you're able to just create an asset instantaneously. Create your name, attach an IPFS if you want to it, and there you go. You have your own asset and use it uh, the, however you want. So that's my that's my two cents for the cryptonauts out there. Two satoshis. All right. <laughs>
1: Thanks. Um, so uh, yes, Daniel. Uh- maybe you could tell us more, a little more about Jack's Liberty, uh, decentralized, uh, wallet and how that works, or maybe as it pertains to, uh, what you've done with Raven, if anything.
2: Raven. Um, well, in terms of pertinence, uh, I, I believe it was probably the first time I heard of Raven coin. Um, and then, uh, Things got really slow in crypto. I wasn't really doing much in that space uh, for I don't know, uh, probably the last year or something. And Raven caught my eye in, in terms of its mineability. Um, I read up on it. Um, you know, it's uh, I understand it's uh, initially a copy of, of Bitcoin, as, as there are many other cryptocurrencies out there. Um, People don't talk about it. To me, one of the important things about that is the data structure um, that they're using in the blockchain with the, um, the VNs and Vouts. You know, the, the way they're tracking it is different from Ethereum structurally. Um, and and so Ethereum, uh, the co one of the co-founders uh, is founder and owner of Decentral, which makes Jack's Liberty. That was one of the things that attracted me to working there to begin with. Uh, there was another gentleman who uh, is a technology lawyer who specializes in crypto, uh, is an amazing person and uh, I've worked with him a couple times. times. He, he stopped his lawyer practice to work at this company full time, which totally captivated my attention. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to work there. I had an amazing time there. Uh, a lot of really high-level programmers. Uh, the software pipeline we had with testing and uh, deployment to multiple environments. It's multi-platform wallet. So the front, uh, the front end, like many modern apps, they're using Electron to be multi-platform: Android, iOS. Um, you know, almost anywhere you can run JavaScript. So web, web-based technologies like a web browser, of course, um, or or an app that's just got that, it's using that to render. Um, so of course, uh, being a senior backend developer, um, I, I touched the front end a, a little bit, or I worked with uh, my colleagues on that, but it was focused on the on the back end. Um, it seemed to be something that. In general, it was harder to hire for, um, and there's a lot of challenges there. Um, I don't know if Ken can or Kent can relate um, in in that. Like you're kind of uh, like like in many other applications where this is going on, like with fiat currencies or other data that's being consolidated or I call it homogenized. Uh, we take all of the most base kind of data that's commonly available transactions blocks uh, the ids for everything addresses um and and index that and make it available to the wallet uh because it's it's if it's not if i understood correctly uh, about the android wallet you guys were just talking about um having to keep it synced and uh, that kind of full node kind of stuff, as I would call it, um, the architecture of some of these wallets uh, has the, the back end is doing all the work on on extracting the data from the blockchain and making it available to the wallet. You know, probably involving caching and redundancy and things to keep the wallet running even if there's an issue. Uh, there's always, you know, some if you have enough cryptocurrencies that you're working with and there's something routinely going on, some project is, or, you know, whatever I call cryptocurrencies projects kind of, because I don't know if they have a foundation or what their governance is or whatever, and it's software, right? So um, I don't know, uh, you don't know, like, are they going to do an upgrade or um, are they going to you know do one of these hard forks or are they going to go like ethereum from uh, proof of uh, work to proof of stake uh, there's there's always something going on uh, and that's part of what makes cryptocurrency amazing I think but it's uh, working in certain environments like the multi-currency wallet there's definitely challenges there um, so all of that is stuff I really relished um, and I don't know if I uh, uh, maybe I'll just leave it there and, uh, and let, the next, uh, let you guys take it.
3: Yeah, we're going in that direction with a lot of the stuff in the Ravencoin community, providing something that's like either a backend service or something to that effect that'll do some indexing so that the wallet doesn't have to essentially keep track of all of that just to be able to make things operate a little bit faster, right? <coughs> And I, I know that yep. for the for the Bitcoin, go ahead.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's one consideration there is is that someone has to kind of pay for that. Maybe, you know, there's mm-hmm. a system that's running. It's serving data. It's like a, a let's call it a server uh, of some sorts, to be simplistic. Um, that you know takes some resources, and uh, you know, is it going to be on the foundation then or um, that that to me is one of the things that intrigued me about something something like Bitcoin being peer to peer and it's the, the architecture of it. You know, I I've been working in tech since the 90s. You know, building websites when I was still in high school, kind of thing. And I mm-hmm. I caught bits and pieces of news about Bitcoin. And uh, you know, I try not to live with regrets, but the more I learned about it. Um, This really took place when I was working at Decentral. The more I learned about it, the more I thought, wow, this is so clever. It's so brilliant. I'm such a fool for not looking into it more, you know, just passing it off. Because uh, for for technical people like some of us here, or all of us, um, like I just found it so brilliant. It's so clever. It's such a fusion of uh, really cool technologies from the peer-to-peer to the cryptography. Um, I, I just, you know, and, uh, and I have been maintaining some kind of involvement with the space since then, whether I'm working in it or just hodling. Hmm. Right.
3: So just on this note, I just, as far as incentivizing people to like store and in index data, that's one thing that interested me about Hashgraph. Have you heard of hetero Hashgraph?
2: Yeah heard of it? I've just done some light reading. I wouldn't say I'm too familiar with it.
3: So they in their nodes. So you a node only knows the transactions that occurred on that node. There's still a graph that just moves forward. So it they you can essentially check any transaction against history and verify that it's it's a it's it got a place in the transaction history. But you can they've incentivized actually storing history and retrieving it. And that might be some of the inspiration that I look to or that we look to. Maybe it's valuable, maybe it's not. But it might start out with just some community project where they're like, okay, just to bootstrap this, so we'll run a server and just pay all the bandwidth costs. Not quite sure exactly how it's going to start, but wouldn't be surprised if it started that way.
2: Well, I totally agree on incentives, you know, being architected in a way that creates positivity. And uh, what you were describing there in terms of, um incentivizing people to store history and giving them some kind of uh, reward compensation what will you uh for making it available i think that's fair it's kind of Mm -hmm. you know that mechanism is is there um, in terms of rewarding the operation of the cryptocurrency and the mining right the miners Mm -hmm. do the proof of whatever um and the the one who gets the privilege to write the block? You know, will have to like execute all of the the, the smart contracts and uh, and pick some transactions. you know if there's more in the mempool then they can commit, they they pick them somehow and 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 write the block, right? Um, and for that, they get the mining reward. Uh, so you know I, that that's to me part of what was brilliant about it. You know, this the making. the operation or, you know, this selecting and committing of the data and everything is incentivized and in this peer-to-peer environment, it's decentralized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be really
3: cool to have that sort of an architecture to like indexing and, and speeding things up that way. Keeping track of history in a more digestible format.
2: Yeah, that's the challenge, right? Because uh, one question that I was getting into, and because I'm sort of relatively new to Ravencoin, I wonder, you know, how much data do I need to store to have a full node? Uh, You guys were saying, I think, 20 gigs. Back when I was really spending a lot of time on Bitcoin, it it was somewhere around 300 gigs. (laughs) Um, And... And do, trying to do something like Ripple, I don't, you know, the the way they have built out their system, it, it's uh, almost unfeasible the amount of data that's there. If you want to really yeah. put together the entire set,
1: yeah. The current, uh, I was actually looking at that because I was looking at building a light lightning node, and uh, I think it's 330 gigs. Bitcoin is currently at.
2: Okay, that's not too bad. I mean, you can put that on an old, you know, consumer level hard disk if you want to really kind of really stretch it.
1: Yeah, but if that you're saying that even though the, I would consider Bitcoin to be like the granddaddy of all coins since it's the eldest one, um, you're saying that Ripple's actually bigger than Bitcoin.
2: It's insane. Um, I I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was. Uh, um, and ethereum is huge that, that was another one i was kind of taking note of but but ripple um you know yeah uh, i'd have to look that up to to really give you a proper number but it, it was unfeasible and to run the node uh required an immense amount of resources it, it wanted like 32 cores um i can't remember how much ram it wanted uh like maybe 32 gigs to match you know the chorus uh I, i'm kind of those numbers probably are, are not accurate but rel- relative to what i was used to setting up other cryptocurrencies it, it was uh far far above wow i know i was in taught yeah i was in touch with their dev team about things um, and they they had like a really communicative uh, like really really great people working there but you know and, and now they're suffering
1: like completely different
2: problems right
1: <laughs> yeah SEC is on their case right now
2: yeah
1: but they didn't you know
2: that that blew me away because to me they seem the most bank friendly the most uh, intent on uh, penetrating into the fabric of the financial system, money transfers of different kinds. Um, they, they seem to be going after people, you know, or, or stakeholders that actually do that stuff and, and getting traction all over the place. They seem super legit. So for the SEC to go after them, like at this time, it it's really odd to me.
1: I'm well, also from a philosophical standpoint. You think about um, when somebody attacks a new vector in, Society—they're going to get a lot of backlash. I mean, it may not seem it initially, but there's so many different things that have happened. I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head, but um, disruptive technologies often get the most negative press, unless they're really, really uh, transformative to society. Um, I, I guess we could take Facebook is because it's one of the you know the biggest gorillas on the block. Um, it it is transformative in sort. It did change the way that social media acted and behaved. And of course, because only a limited number of people were in control of it, they made decisions that a lot of the majority of people didn't approve of or didn't appreciate, and may have even changed politics as we know it to some degree. Um, who who knew that was going to happen? I don't. Think, I don't even think they knew that was going to happen. But. Um, maybe they realized the money that could be made therein but um somebody certainly did uh but this, the same thing goes for literally i mean we're looking at ripple and they're getting attacked by sec well i think it was I think somebody made that i don't remember if it was tron or someone else who made the comment that they didn't bother um you know registering as a as a um a security um and if they're going to act like one they need to register as one um and that is you know if you don't follow the rules and you suddenly get too big a lot of people are going to start attacking you. I saw that with the companies i worked with in the past. I don't know if um, Ravencoin community or Ravencoin network as, as, a, as an entity, as an entity that has created a thing, has ever been attacked by lawsuits, per se. But I can definitely say that um, if you piss off the other biggest gorilla in the room, i.e. the Fed, <laughs> um, you're probably going to face scrutiny. Um, and if that scrutiny leads to more problems, you wouldn't necessarily have known that was going to happen in the in the offset, right? Um, you know, insider trading. What if you didn't know what insider trading was and you did it, thinking, "Oh, I would get a, an advantage here," and then you come back later and somebody, you know, the the, S, or the SEC is accusing you, "Hey, you did insider trading." You're like, I didn't even know that was what that was. It, just because you don't know what the laws are doesn't mean you're not subject to them, which is unfortunate. Absolutely. But um, you know, for the people who didn't know. But you know, there's like, well, you're an adult. You could have looked it up. You've had plenty of time to figure this out, and you didn't. Now you're in trouble. So, I mean, I don't know the whole story when it comes to Ripple. All I know of what I've read in the news, and I bet that's probably not even 100% accurate. Um, but Ripple did, at least in some sense. I'm sorry to get. I'm sorry to pull this train off off track of talking about wallets, but uh, they um, <laughs> they might have stepped on toes. They probably should have known more about but i mean with new technology who knows i mean the thing that bothers me most about that about ripple and and i guess as it relates to stepping on toes and not recognizing it is how how DeFi is may go that direction will will DeFi be uh heavily scrutinized by the sec it might maybe it already is i just haven't heard about it um am i committing fraud by, by by participating with it i don't know um i hope i don't get sued <laughs> for for trading on defy um but with new technology what is it with new technology comes great uh misappropriation
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, daniel i have a question yeah so since you're you're new to the ravencoin network um i'm always curious with with fresh eyes you looking at ravencoin from your perspective and i've asked i've asked everyone else on the last podcast about this what do you see immediately that ravencoin can be be improved on
2: you know i don't have uh so to me it's just sort of the general adoption thing. All cryptocurrencies are really, you know, pursuing like why are any of them, regardless of their characteristics, without the adoption? Right. So I'm a big proponent of um, and, and this even connects to the wallets, but why why can't a business just have a wallet and just accept crypto? Um, There's so many easy ways to get the exchange value. So you get the right crypto versus the dollars or whatever fiat currency you want. And even if you want to hedge your risk then to immediately convert that crypto to dollars or a stable token. that's a, a whole bunch of steps, but there there are wallets or, or you know products and stuff out there that, that do all this really easily. So you know, I, I want to see every kind of business that has point of sale um, taking at, at least you know the, the major cryptos. There, there's even things that will help you do your taxes. Uh, the, the ecosystem of products is incredible already. Um, so it's kind of about the adoption, and I think that's cool. Like when you're talking about DeFi, you know, I'm looking at um, Kent's uh, tweet about how something like DeFi helps Ravencoin address some of you know things going on in the ETH world. Um, I that's also stuff I think is amazing is how these things can integrate and have synergy with each other you know and a lot of that um is viewed or or carried out by the wallet right your possession and your transactions
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: okay Um, so it's
2: it's like you know it's it's a copy of bitcoin it's got um you know sometimes people call the same thing different words, right? Like NFT, uh, I can't stop hearing about NFTs, but for for us, it's not new, right? Right. And uh, I'm wondering now, is there's got to be like hordes of people out there that are obsessed with NFTs and don't even know it's something to do with blockchain. (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's Uh, what think. Right. Yes. I wanted to yeah. loop back. I wanted to loop back to what uh, Jake mentioned in regards to, and um, in, in regards to what you said, Daniel, uh, about uh, businesses adopting uh, crypto or crypto wallets. I think a lot of the issues right now currently uh, is is just defining what companies can use with you know in regards to taxes and the SEC. There's just there's too much gray area that it, I think businesses are not yet there. Or they're not comfortable yet. Um, if I was a business owner and doing a transaction and I get caught laundering money, not because I'm doing it intentionally, but because I'm keeping a business and somebody comes to me and, do, and does a transaction. and am I'm laundering their money. That's, that's a big, big problem. It's a big, big problem. So you got to be very careful with that in, in my opinion. So there's gotta be a, I'm not, I'm not even sure how to, how to, how to solve that.
2: No, I, know, I know that a lot of like the major ones uh, that are, being embraced by the bank the the markets right there's etfs coming out um you know in, in canada uh, the, the canadian revenue agency cra that's our equivalent of the uh, irs i believe in the usa um, they they recognize bitcoin you know so if i was a business and i took bitcoin um, i'd have to declare it just like i would if it was dollars and i'd have to pay the you know proportion of taxes uh the you know whatever they are in my circumstances um and you know they I, i've heard different news like they it didn't happen with me but i've heard that the cra has sent out questionnaires to people asking them if they've ever participated in cryptocurrency or are they holding anything you know because mm-hmm the governments in the recent years are are just trying to figure out what the heck's been going on, you know, for the last decade plus. Um, Because, you know, the first news that I caught my eye was the Papa John's pizzas for, I think 20,000 Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, that, that was the big news, I think, because that was like a really, Really, uh, kind of common type of transaction that was done with Bitcoin, and it was, you know, flouting that this can be used for for real transactions. Uh, people exactly, trust this.
0: Exactly, and it's it's people, it's people like that gentleman, and and like everyone else that uh, adopted Bitcoin early on to to do those transactions to show that there was value in using the blockchain technology. That, that applies to Ravencoin as well. Once people understand what assets are all about and how it works and how easy it is to use uh, anywhere around the world at any given time, 24 hours a day using blockchain and how lightweight it is in regards to you just taking it with you instead of carrying this huge, massive ledger with you, everything's built into the blockchain. That's that's a beautiful thing. And once people understand what uh, assets are all about uh, and it's not just about business-wise, obviously creating NFTs, or video game skins uh, integrated into NFTs—that's going to be awesome. Once the video game industry or music industry as well, video, movies, film, all everything. that stuff. It's gonna be everything. It's just once people understand yeah. how massive NFTs are. I mean, this is just the beginning. Uh, and and Ravencoin has been way ahead of this, creating assets, and they're they're perfecting it as much as possible.
2: The the founder of Decentral, uh, and I really resonated with. Uh, The things he was talking about, like ideology or his vision, really resonated with me. And he he related the cryptocurrency to the internet. You know, in terms of how people called it a fad and everything, but how transformative it is. And the wallet is like the web browser. You know, so all of these things we're talking about, uh, a lot of places where it would be carried out is with a wallet or at least with something that integrates with the wallet, you know, because you're dealing with assets and, and actions on those assets.
0: Let me, let me ask you, Daniel, real quick. What was the, your, your first transaction? How did, oh, you don't have to tell me exactly what it was, but in regards to the difficulty, was it easy to adopt? uh oh, well, I mean, you're, you're a developer, so I would assume that it's easy, but, was it difficult or was it easy for you to just jump in jump in headfirst into uh, blockchain technology?
2: Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of avenues that are for non-technical people. I don't remember. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know what the first thing that I did. I think it was probably creating an account on an exchange and buying something. Um, and because... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's still not late, of course, to get involved in this for anyone who's listening, and this is all new to them. Um, But for me and my, you know, being a programmer and hearing about the Papa John's thing, you know, I, I felt like I was late getting involved. Wasn't that two, three years ago? Um, but that hysteria that happened at the end of, was it 2017 or 18? Um you know, the crazy spike that we've since exceeded. Um, but at the time, it, it was really exponential. Um, that kind of made me start looking at it more. That and the story of that lawyer that I was talking about. Um, and so uh, to just to play the speculative game, the first thing to do would have been to make an account on an exchange, a reputable exchange that is, you know, doing, following the laws, let's say, is doing KYC, that's the financial acronym they use for know your client. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those who aren't familiar, um, you know, they collect things like photo ID and other things to prove your identity to make sure they know who you are, because what they do with that information is possibly assess whether you uh, whether you can be sold different investments, you know, there are things that are too risky or maybe too, um, too high in, in the price you have to invest for how much money you make or how much you have saved or whatever, same as getting a mortgage in some ways, but all these other avenues have their own ways of determining whether you're suitable, um, so and you know you do all that stuff it's just jumping through hoops uh, most people have those things uh, it's, you know ways of proving your identity if you don't have something anyway and then you 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 send money in there through uh, I did it through like the interact e transfer um and and then I bought some crypto um I've mined crypto I mined uh I can't remember uh the only George, one I really remember is Zcash. Zcash. I, I'm oh, really yes. Yeah. That whole z- like the ZK snarks, ZK Starks, the zero um uh,
0: Zero knowledge.
2: Yeah, zero like that no, stuff to me proof. is just so zero that's other like brilliant stuff, you know? Um those those are kind of techniques that open up new possibilities. Uh, that to me fascinated me. So I mined some of that, you know. Uh, then connecting back to Ravencoin, one reason I mined Ravencoin is because it was easy. I went to um, the mining pool I had used before for Zcash and whatever else I had mined. And uh, like they had this tiny little paragraph on how to set up CowPow Miner. And, you know, I was up in 10 minutes. You know you download it, you unzip it, you put your wallet address in there because this is like anonymous mining. You don't have to set up users on the mining pool in this case and and off I went. you know and I'm still I'm it's you know it's happening right now to to me, one of the cool things isn't just that I'm getting some raven for it, but that I'm participating in the whole ecosystem, you know
0: absolutely just
2: just to put in. Uh, it's kind of like literally my two cents or much less in, in the whole pool of what's going on there. Uh, but I did it, you know, and I got my two cents in there and I'm, I'm generating some hash power. And uh, the other thing that I'm not running yet right now that does connect to our conversation is, is a full node. You know, it's important that that peer-to-peer network, everyone's wallets um, and anything else, depending on the, the client, software being able to distribute transactions and blockchain data um like that's also theory or in in the idea of it just to install the software and make sure it has the right network access maybe that's a bit of a trickier part for some but that's it you know and then you're there exchanging data with other nodes and and helping keep raven coin like helping the data Move around and, and exist.
0: Yeah, nice. All right, I wanna I wanna bring Tron in because uh, it looks like Tron's been sleeping on the job here. Uh, I want I want to ask him a question in regards to a tweet that Blockchain Tiger put out in regards to this BraveLand. Um, I, I just want to know more about it. There was just a quick little tweet that BraveLand is coming to the RavenCoin network. So, do you have any info on that, if Tron?
4: Uh so I don't I don't have a ton of details. I know the that uh that blockchain tiger has been extraordinarily generous uh with the Ravencoin and with Ravencoin Foundation uh and has really helped. Uh really helped out with donations, uh, donations that we're trying to deploy for development. Uh but I I I probably not uh probably not the one to speak on Brave Land itself.
0: Okay. All right. All right. That I just uh but-
4: I do. Want, I mean, publicly, I would really like to thank uh, Blockchain Tiger uh, for the donations. I mean, it really has helped out. It's helped out the foundation. Really helps out the project.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We did that uh, a couple podcast, a couple episodes ago. But yeah, definitely. Once again, Blockchain Tiger, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's gonna that's gonna make a big difference in in the foundation. Uh, another question I want to ask you, Tron, that. Um, that I'm kind of curious about. Uh, this is something that's obviously going to going affect the future of of RavenCoin, and in regards to the uh, fee inflation, is there going to be a an adjustment to the fee inflation as 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 um, Ethereum 2.0 comes into a comes into effect very soon? Mm-hmm. It's very obvious that a lot of miners will migrate over to the RavenCoin network as well as a lot of people that are going to be starting to create a lot of transactions into the network. As of right now, from what I can see, there's a, on average about anywhere five to ten transactions per block. It's not much. It's fine. It's very manageable for the network uh, and it keeps the, it keeps the fees very low. But as the network continues to grow and grow, which is what we want to bring more value to the, to the network, but in turn, because, because of uh, Ravencoin being a proof of work, um, algorithm, it's very obvious that the network fees are going to rise in time. So, so, so they will rise.
4: Yeah. So, so they'll rise for two reasons. One is that there's there's two different levels. One is the minimum fees, which I think is uh, 0.01 Raven per kilobyte, right? So then, one transaction, which you know is like a regular Raven transaction, might be like 234 bytes, something like that. And an asset transaction might be maybe 350, something something like that. It really depends on the length of the transaction name or length of the asset name a teeny bit. So it's not fixed, but it, we'll call it in general, let's say one third of a kilobyte. Uh, so we're talking like 0.003 Raven, right? So multiply that by 16 cents. You're still talking a tiny amount. Um, the fees will automatically rise because we inherited Bitcoin's uh, fee adjustment algorithm. That's a good thing, uh, and, and they'll only rise when we start filling up blocks. If we're not filling up blocks, and you don't feel like you need that space, uh, you don't need to be first. Uh, you know, you're, you're willing to wait for your transaction to make it. If the, you know if all the blocks aren't full, uh, then it's fine. You use the minimum fee. If like on Bitcoin, and I think really it's Bitcoin and Ethereum that have this problem. Pretty much everybody else is running sub capacity. Uh, basically, the fees have to rise because you're constrained. Block size is constrained. It's like you know, like again going to that stadium analogy or or a, a train with X number of seats. It, it's whoever pays the most for those seats. That's that has to happen. Otherwise, you basically how do you decide which who gets the that space? So what will happen is it'll automatically adjust. It's not really telling you you have to put in more fees. It's basically just there's an fee estimator that says, hey, if I want to be in the next block or two or three or four, and you can actually say uh, you can actually specify how many how many blocks you know, before your transaction makes it in, and it'll tell you how much the fee is. Right now, we're nowhere near that. Right. Uh, but as you know, as more people do more things, uh, then those fees will eventually rise. But right now, that that's not even a not even really a, a concern. We just have plenty of capacity.
0: What's the the transaction per second on on, on the RavenCoin network?
4: Yeah, so it, so it runs about uh, so. Maximum on, on Bitcoin is about seven transactions per second, but that's just like the base transaction. That's sort of like send somebody some funds and you get some change. So it doesn't include multi sig transactions, uh, pay to script cash transactions, larger transactions. Um, so we'll say seven is about the maximum. Average is probably about four transactions per second. Uh, Rainer okay. coin, because it runs at 10x the speed, so one minute blocks instead of 10. And because we increase the block size from one megabyte to two megabytes, it runs at about 20x. So if we say the the max on Bitcoin is about 7, then that would put us at about uh, 20 times that. So that would put us at, what, 140? Uh, But really, on average, I'd say about half that. So about 70 transactions per second. But either way, it's about 20 times Bitcoin's capacity.
0: Very nice. Very nice. That's good to hear.
4: Uh, Jake, I give this back to you. Well, I want to say I really- appreciate the opportunity to be on here because Ravencoin really doesn't have a marketing department. So really getting the word out kind of hasn't been, uh, we'll say, a strong suit of the Raven project because, uh, like Daniel said, it it is software, right, which doesn't advertise itself. Uh, and, and we don't really have anything other than kind of the community kind of getting the information out there. So it really is helpful. and Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I wanted to say, uh, I think it's a privilege to be here uh, with Tron and and you folks. And, you know, this is what the cryptocurrency community is about. Um, From the time I started looking at it, I mean, even that Papa John's pizza thing, you know, those weren't necessarily technical people, um, especially the, you know, person who made the pizza. Uh, That's... everyone, it's for everyone, right? I mean, there are people working on components of it, whether it's software, networks, or servers behind all of this, but uh, there's so many ways to participate in it. And, uh, and, and that's part of why to me, you know, if seeing how the internet transformed so much of our lives, can you imagine what's, to come with money being transformed like this, you know? And uh, that's why I, I I too, you know, would uh, spend my time like this. And, and this is a great way uh, to, to connect to people, you know, um, the, the ones leading the forefront there uh, who saw it earlier and put a lot of their time and effort on it. Uh, I think it's one of the best ways to respect them aside from, you know, putting my energy into trying to build stuff or contribute somehow myself too.
3: Yeah. I'm really grateful for the chance to be here too. And the, and Jake, I'm in the same boat as you. Gobstopped is a great phrase to use overwhelmed. There's just so much information. And I guess one of the things that we can do moving forward is just do the best we can to, to do things like what we're doing right now, sum it up, look at it from a little bit of a higher perspective, talk about general trends. And that's one of the reasons why I was so glad to, to chat with, with you, Dan, knowing that you'd worked on the Jack's Wallet, because we're actually talking about doing a similar thing right now with the Ravencoin community. And so the timing of this is great, even with all the things that are going on, with all the information that I'm learning, because I'm somewhat new to this space. It's, it's been great to be on this podcast too.
2: Do you really use Emacs?
3: What? Where did, where did you see that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm looking at your it's Twitter blog, and I right? see Emacs. I'm like, yeah, that's hardcore.
3: <laughs> yes, I will admit I am an avid Emacs user.
2: <laughs> I never got past VI.
3: <laughs> I'll try VI one day.
2: <laughs> yeah, Emacs is like the, uh, the open source of text editor, or sorry, the operating system of text editors
3: yeah that's a good way to put it
2: yeah you know well, i'll I, use that, one operating I Sorry, go on.
3: <laughs> i'll use one operating system to build another one we'll raven a money operating system that's what we're building mm-hmm. here <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah i mean these uh blockchains that um you know whatever you call them things that make nfts i'm used to them being called smart contracts but it's you know uh, we've Mentioned some technologies that make up part of this but to me that part was sort of like throwing in something like java where it's an abstracted machine language that can be run on on different things not necessarily dependent on uh, Like a PC CPU Intel or AMD, right? Um, And you can upload these I mean I I I wonder if they foresaw this whole NFT thing coming when they built this because Ethereum presented itself as the world computer or something along those lines. But it's obviously not the only one that can, you know, uh, process software in the operation of the blockchain. Um, So you can put in things in there that help create like the scarcity or the uniqueness in order to tag something. Um, and then there's this sort of more fungible like currency aspect. Um uh, so that that, I think, you know are, are things that are are um, gonna be part of what makes Ravencoin be uh, like a really relevant and uh, a project like worth people using. Um, on that note, um, I ran into someone in one of the Raven community discords who uh, like had a business doing something like replacing Windows. He was not a programmer or a technical guy, but he used some of the tools that are already in the Raven ecosystem to make um, the, the tokens or NFTs um, to track like, different assets and things in his business that he used to get people to invest in and scale up his, his like window replacement business or something. It was something like to do with building houses, like one of the parts of it. And I just love that story so much because like it has nothing to do with like knowing how it works in depth or, or doing like running nodes or anything. He, he was just like one of an, an, a, an everyday entrepreneur who used this technology to help gain some investments and help track different assets and money flows or asset flows in his business to, to do, uh, to, to grow the business and make it more successful. That's what this is about too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you all for being here on the podcast. Uh, last minute, last minute words before we close this podcast up. Thing going once going twice. All right. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jake uh we can't and tron thank y'all for being on the podcast i greatly appreciate it it was fun this was a very fun uh podcast i really liked it so i hope to see you on the podcast again very soon and i hope to see some future improvements on the Ravencoin network so with that said cryptonauts stack sats and hodl <laughs> adios